Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Hello there folks and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with myself Lester Lindsay and Hammy Hamilton. This week's episode will be the third, I believe, in our series of Remembering Footballing Greats. The first one we've done was on Diego Maradona, the second one on Jim McLean and now sadly the third one will be on Walter Smith. Sadly, obviously, Walter Smith lost his ongoing battle with pancreatic cancer this week at the age of 73 um, and it's a sad, sad week for Scottish football um, in Scotland as a whole, I would say. Um, a guy who is larger than life in many aspects and an absolute legend in his, in his career. Um, it's just it's, it's horrible news. Hammy, you obviously have a stronger affiliation with Rangers and probably Walter Smith than I do. Um, how, how are you feeling when the news broke? I was shocked and also devastated. Um, Walter Smith was an absolute great... He was an icon, um, not just in the respect of Rangers, but in as a whole in Scottish football, he was an absolute gentleman, um, not just in the football sense, but he was a man of what you would expect a man to be, um, traditional, um, family man, and just an unbelievable character to have in life. And I think the world has lost an absolute great and an absolute... He's a massive loss to this world because of the influence he's had on so many people. I think first and foremost, we'll just maybe send condolences to his family, his wife, Ethel, his sons, Stephen and Neil, and also his grandchildren that he's got as well. Um, absolute devastated, to be honest. Um, he joins a sort of elite band of Scottish managers, you could say, and the likes of, you know, Billy McNeil, Jim McLean, who you mentioned earlier, um, Tommy Burns, um, you know, all different societies, all different clubs, all different, you know, stances in Scottish football, but, you know, everyone seems to be a bit united in the fact that Walter Smith was a very well-respected man, and it's shown um, the now. I was at Ibrox on Wednesday for the Aberdeen game, just looking at all the sort of reefs, the tributes, um, the flags, the scarfs, and then the minute silence as well, very poignant. And that was not only at Ibrox, but also sort of across Scottish football and a lot of the games. And that just showed what sort of a man Walter Smith was. Um, I'm just devastated, to be honest, mate. Yeah, understandably, so he's a, a club legend. Um as you're talking there about the, the displays of people laying shirts and wreaths and things, something that was really refreshing that I seen was um, you actually seen a lot of people showing up in Celtic tops um, with signed messages on the Celtic top, wishing Walter Smith's family the best. Um, and I think it's something in our country, the old firm, that's so divisive and so polarising that you're either one side or the other. And there's not many things that actually get people to cross that divide or put that divide to the side, if you will. Um, but the fact that Walter Smith's passing has led to that, even if it's for a split moment, it's something that shows how much of a character he was and how much respect that he had the whole across Scotland 
not just within that range of support, but everybody in Scotland and Scottish football respect him for how great he was, how fair he was, and how much of a just a gentleman that he was. Well, he it's got no it, didn't he? he? He just he just understood it from the absolute get go. You know, um, he he understood what the old firm. <coughs> Sorry, just coughing now. Um, he understood what it was to be in uh, the old firm frame. Um, to be honest with you, during the ninety minutes, anything could go. But after that, you shake hands with the with the opposition manager and you treat everyone as respect because two working class clubs, um, and human beings at the end of the day. And I think that's what's so special about the likes of Walter Smith. We don't see it too often in today's day and age, but obviously we mentioned Tommy Burns, Billy McNeil, people like this who who knew what it was like, who were who respected others, and and in return they got respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think there's there's many reasons why these people, um, as you, you've touched on, is they kind of understood the divide. They understood how to, how to play it, how to get the most out of their own support and wind up their fans for 90 minutes, but also kind of reciprocate that respect that they received and give it back to the fans. It's, 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 it's no something that you see a lot of people that imagine capable of doing. Um, but, but I think one of the main things that people in Scottish football like is, is a bit of a part of merchant. I mean, we, we, we've no secret on this show, that's that's our bread and butter. It's people who like taking a have a laugh it's in Scottish football. Um, and one of the first videos I can ever remember seeing of that kind of thing of the part in Scottish football was Walter Smith's infamous video in a tunnel with Chick Young, where Chick Young <laughs> gives him some of the worst interview questions I've ever seen. And Walter Smith, we, um, a tad of profanity, manages to um, negotiate Chick Young's poor questions with some real class, even though every second word out his mouth is that like, fucking fuck, fuck. It still manages to traverse that absolutely fantastically. And he's created an iconic moment. It still gets watched probably hundreds of thousands of times a year. 20, 30 years later, that for me kind of sums up what I think of Walter Smith that video. Aye, absolutely. It's something that over the years, um, we've always mentioned it whenever you mention Walter Smith, whenever I mention his name, it's the first thing that comes to our head. We'll maybe say to each other, well, you can't fucking tell me Loudrop and Bolly can't play in Europe. I mean, you've been up all night trying to work out on it. I mean, we've been quoting that to each other for years. Um, and that is the first thing you think about because as a, as a young boy, when I was growing up, you heard all the stories about Walter Smith and sort of what he was like, um, you know, that sort of disciplinarian and stuff like that. Um, and that's that interview just sort of makes you realise because me and you, we didn't know him personally. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, we met him both separately on different occasions. But to actually know him personally, we, we can't come on this podcast <laughs> and say that. But, um, you know, so watching these wee interviews are giving you an insight to what he was really like. And as you said there, every second word was, was fuck. And <laughs> a bit similar to uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. And you always hear about the Walter Stare and the hairdryer treatment that's so synonymous with Scottish football managers, especially of that time. And look at the look at the sort of legends that he was working with, or working under, or working above. I mean, I'll just mention a few names just now: Graham Souness, Jim McLean, Sir Alex Ferguson, Archie Knox, <laughs> Ali McCoist. You know, what I mean, these are the sort of elite band that I was talking about earlier of Scottish, mostly Scottish managers, but also you have a few players in there who are just who just ooze class. 
and epitomise everything that we want our game to be up here. Where during the 90 minutes, there's a great atmosphere, but after it, it's everyone shake hands and respect each other because you'll be going to work with them in a couple of days. You know, you'll be going to the pub with, with your pals in a couple of days, and it's people of all different. Um, people of all different backgrounds for different places that support different clubs and stuff like that so that's the way that it should be and I think just with everything we've seen over the past few days he is such a well-respected man um, not just in a football sense but also in a sort of personality sense Absolutely you, you can't run out of superlatives within an hour because you, you, you rhyme off everything that you can think about the man um, I've spent the past couple of days just kind of watching videos and building up a bit of profile about him. Because um, I feel like maybe I've no appreciated him enough until he's he's no longer with us. Um, I've, I've learned so much about him in the past couple of days. Um, but I've, just before I move on, I think you tried to slide Alan McCoy's name in there alongside Sir Alex Ferguson, Walter Smith. I think, that's, I think Alan McCoy's, if you heard that, would be very, very happy you're, you're putting him in there with that. Um, mate, oh, yeah. mate, he's got to be in there. Absolutely got to be in there. Who bleeds Rangers the most? and the sort of when you see it on television social media or whatever you're going to say Walter Smith and Ali McCoy they they are the two people who absolutely get what it means to be not only a Rangers player for Ali McCoy but also Rangers managers and re- how to represent Rangers they oh, believe- sorry are we going for great Rangers managers great Rangers people right okay sorry I've misunderstood you I do apologise you know, they absolutely get Rangers and they understand every single mentality. Um, they understand the, the psychological and the winning aspect of Rangers and, and what it means to represent the club, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. And Ali McCoyst, if you're not trying to say that he's a character, then <laughs> you need to have a word with yourself. When he, he is definitely part of that elite band of if, if, if Ali McCoyst um, isn't the most respected Rangers manager now, then I don't know who is. Sorry, no, I just I completely misunderstood your point. So I, I get where you're coming from now. Um, whilst we're on the topic of great Rangers managers then, um, where for you does Walter Smith, as, as a Rangers fan, where does he come in that kind of ranking of all-time greats? Number one, 100%. For me as well, obviously, it was a childhood Obviously, in his second stint at Rangers, I missed his first stint because I wasn't even thought about yet. But, <laughs> <coughs> well, so, sorry, I was. He was a Rangers manager when I was one year old. So, um, but no, certainly during his second stint, he was um, my hero growing up. Um, the way he conducted himself after defeats, after victories, was just an absolute joy to watch what he had done on the football park. And then all the stories that are coming out you know, over the years, but in particular, the last couple of days have been unbelievable and it's testament to his sort of mind and testament to his disciplinarian tactician, everything. I mean, we look at Pep Guardiola the other day, crediting him, all these massive football icons, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo sharing a wee bit from his time at Man Man United when... Walter Smith was was under Sir Alex Ferguson briefly in I think two thousand four, and um, just world football. It just shows you how much an icon this guy really was. Absolutely, um, I think for me as well, Walter, Walter Smith for me, he's, he's going to be 
in my sorry, sorry if you disagree, but for me, he's the most iconic Rangers figure for me. Um, he obviously had great success in that his first time at Rangers being assistant manager and manager of the nine in a row campaign, then came back in the second stint, and that's kind of you touched on is when we remember him from. Um, and anything he's already solidified himself as a Rangers legend in that first spell, and anything he's done in the second, on top of that, kind of within our memory, he's just solidifying himself in that position even more and more and more with every win, every trophy that he lifted. Um, just an absolute serial winner. He seemed to instill that mentality in everybody around about him as well. I mean, you look at some of the players that came through Rangers when when Walter Smith was there, and it's a, an elite band of player. It's people who just completely bought into his philosophy and to manage to put that on to so many different people as well as yourself, that speaks testament as well to how much of a a transcendent figure he actually is. Yeah, for the likes of Bill Struth and stuff like that, um, you know, you could say that he was, well, he is <coughs> the most, you know, apologies for the coughing folks, I'm, I don't even know if this has actually just started over the past hour or so. Not good timing for a podcast, but <clears throat> he is the the second most decorated manager in the history of Rangers behind Bill Struff. But you need to look at the timing of Walter Smith mm-hmm. you know, across both stints. His first stint was probably the period of time where Scottish football was at its peak. It was, I'm pretty sure it's something mad, that over his you know, time at Rangers where he won six league championships as a manager... You know, he, he, he won four out of the, the last five under Graham Souness before that. Um, and during his time as a manager, he spent the most money in British football at the time. You know, and you can't imagine a, a world where that happens nowadays. Well, that happens now. I think he spent 25 million, you know, and back then that was astronomical money. And in mm-hmm. the season that Rangers bid for 10 in a row in 1998... I believe well, 1997 to nineteen ninety eight. So just when I was born, good timing. But um, and his bid for that when Rangers were going for ten in a row, he spent thirteen million. I mean, that's not dissimilar to what was just seen last year or last season with Celtic going for ten in a row. It does mm-hmm. show how much football has regressed in this country, or maybe stayed the same when others have just took off to the billions and and Saudi Arabia money, as they call it nowadays. But um. I mean, you look at Walter Smith and what he done in that time, and that's why he's the greatest. And then look at his second stint. You know, a team that that didn't have a lot of money. Not too long ago, he got Rangers to the UEFA Cup final, and that in itself is such a achievement because of how he knew how to win the games. You know, you're looking at it and you're seeing one nils, and I think most of the games were a draw, penalties here, there, and everywhere. Big results at Leon, Sporting Lisbon, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. to get to the final and you're looking at it quickly and you're going with that that was pretty lucky but when you actually listen to the players stories and some of the fans and stuff you actually learn that it was no mistake it was no fluke it was him knowing his resources and knowing how to win football games he was a tactician of the highest order and when you've got guys like Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola coming out in the last few days talking about his managerial prowess, you just know how big this guy was in terms of the world. It's obviously very highly respected, and it's, it's becoming more and more a case in football, is when you look at great managers, obviously people like Guardiola had a great playing career, but you kind of find with Scottish managers, the best managers never actually had 
that great a playing career, if you I mean, you look at Walter Smith played with Dundee United, Dumbarton, Sir Alex Ferguson, um, didn't have a great playing career. Played most a, of these he days. played a handful of games with Rangers, yeah, you're absolutely right, and St Mirren and stuff like that. But they're not quite to the same heights as you're talking about your Guardiola's and stuff, aye, like your aye, foreign managers. Course, yeah. And they don't seem to have great playing careers. Um, but I think he, he, Walter Smith came in through, into coaching through Jim McLean, arguably one of Scottish, Scotland's greatest ever managers. Um, he was Dundee United under Jim McLean and the first time, his first time Dundee United, uh, Jim McLean got rid of him when he was bringing in his younger squads, put him out to Dumbarton. Then a couple of years later, decided they wanted him back. Um and said, I don't think, I want you back as a player, but I don't think you're a great player. I think you could be a great coach. Um, so he started doing his coaching underneath Jim McLean. Jim McLean put him through that. Um, and when Alex, Alex Ferguson took that job at Aberdeen, he contacted Jim McLean to take Walter Smith to Aberdeen with him. Jim McLean said, no chance. You're not even getting allowed to talk to him. So Alex Ferguson then asked Walter Smith, and Walter Smith said, no, I'll stay with Jim McLean. Um, but it, it came from... He came from um, Lanark, Watersmith, and um, he was a Rangers fan growing up. Not Glasgow Rangers, but Canvas Lang Rangers. That was his old man's team. He was always into junior football. So I think that kind of maybe gets, shows you a bit of his background, is that kind of rough style of management. He, brought, he was brought up around junior football. Do you know, it was um, it's a different game. And I think the fact that he managed to bring that into professional football, that kind of mentality of we're all a team. We need to do the yards for each other, look out for each other. It's something that only great managers can actually do, in my opinion. Yep, 100%. And relatable for me, that he was, um, he actually, I think everyone just kind of thinks about their granddad, their grandfather, whatever you want to call him, Papa. When you look at Walter Smith, especially today, he's so relatable to the sort of older generation. And he kind of puts me in mind of my Papa. And he was from Lanark as well. He lived in Lanark, from Straven, sorry, but he moved to Lanark, and that's where I knew him from. And um, one that's maybe close to our hearts is, in fact, extremely close to both of us, maybe back, smack bang in the middle of the, the two years, is that he played with Chapel Hall youth teams. Um, back oh, when really? he, because he grew up in Carmyle, which is the, the east end of Glasgow. Uh-huh. And um, he, I'm pretty sure he was like an apprentice electrician or something like that with the, with the lecky board. So... Um, he went to Coatbridge College, and obviously that's where the likes are. I'm sure it was like a Coatbridge youth team and also a, a Chapel Hall youth team that he played football for as well. That's his sort of early roots. And then, as you said there, went to Dundee United. And then in 1986, he sort of, his dreams came true when Graeme Souness um, took him in as the assistant manager at Rangers, and that's when Rangers began their, their nine in a row. He... Succeeded Graham Souness only four seasons later, overseeing some unbelievable games, unbelievable signings. Which, by the way, I'm really sorry to cut you off, but just before yeah. we go any further, as I said, I was watching, I've been trying to build up a profile over the past couple of days, and I was watching something at the time of when Souness left Rangers. Um, and the fans were the fans were being asked by the media, who do you want to be the next manager? And there's a couple of clips of fans actually, like, imagine looking back and this being one of these fans now, saying... Walter Smith isn't the man to take us forward. Souness has been here to bring in the big names. You need another big name to attract these stars. Some of the name of Walter Smith isn't going to do that. Like, how mad is it looking back now and going, well, how fucking wrong were you? I know, that's that's crazy, isn't it? <clears throat> Judging somebody and another by interesting name. fact is when he joined Rangers under Graham Souness as assistant manager, he was still involved with Scotland as well as assistant manager. And when, before that season started, after he knew he'd signed with Rangers, he went and done some work with Scotland. 
and he was having to coach Souness as a player. He was a Scotland coach, coaching his manager at Scotland as a player, and then went back to Rangers as his assistant, which I just think is so crazy. You wouldn't see that in modern football. That's right, because Graeme Souness was also, he was also doing the same at Rangers, not just Scotland, because Graeme Souness was player manager at Scot- uh, at Rangers mm-hmm. back in 1986. So the games where as started, which was pretty much all of them, um, it was Walter Smith who was taking charge of the, the sort of mm-hmm. shebang, and that's where he sort of learned his trade if you like, of, you know, first experience being on the touchline and stuff like that. But, um, aye, unbelievable um, to, to, to think about that for the Scotland point of view. Because he, he done a lot of stuff with the youth teams and guided the youth teams to some successful uh, triumphs. But, and then in 1986, the same season, he went to the, the World Cup under Sir Alex Ferguson um, in Mexico, um, mm-hmm. which was... You know, a, a shock to not only him, but also a shock to Sir Alex Ferguson because he was drafted in there um, after, sadly, obviously, Jock Steen had, had died in the qualifying process. Um, they brought in Sir Alex Ferguson and Walter Smith for that World Cup. And Scotland were pretty pretty good in that World Cup. Um, and Gordon Strachan was standing it. And you're saying all these names and how relevant are they today? I, it seems like there was a a clique of Scottish greats, Jim McLean, Sir Alex Ferguson and Walter Smith. I mean, you hear them talk about each other, they all get me named for each other. The, the, the two of them refer to Jim McLean as Wee Jim and then it's Big Eck for Alex Ferguson and Walt for Walter Smith. It's, it's mad to see how like tight that kind of group was, even though they were always competing against each other. If you're like, well, obviously, Jim McLean and Alex Ferguson, we know that with the new firm, they were competing against each other all the time. But they seemed to be fighting over Walter Smith because he always wanted him as the backup. Um I don't, I don't even know what more we can say about him, to be honest, mate. Um, the, the guy's achievements are... The list of his achievements are as long as my arm. You, you mentioned it earlier. Um, we've not even spoke about Rangers' um, like Champions League semi, semi-final, would it be? The mm, the okay. Marseille group. Uh, it was more like a touching distance to the, the final that year. It was the inaugural season of the Champions League after it became... <coughs> Apologies again. It seems like every time I talk, it gets worse. Um, it was the inaugural season of the Champions League, 1993, and um, Rangers. It was kind of different in those days where you had the knockout phase first and then the last eight got drafted into two groups of four. And Rangers finished second behind the cheating bastards of Marseille. Um, <laughs> Marseille that season, FYI, were done in Ligue 1 um, in France for match fixing a bit similar to the Calzapote scandal and um in Italy. Um you had Marseille doing that and it wouldn't surprise me if probably they cheated Rangers out of that. That's why Rangers finished second. But to even it- discuss that at that time and the players that Rangers had at that specific moment, Loudrop, Alan McCoy's Durant, Hately, uh Gascoigne, just world class players, world class um, and you think about that that happened at a time in Scottish football, slightly before our times, probably a bit annoying because we never got to see this greatness of Scottish football. Now we are regarded as tinpot. Yeah, I think that's fairly fair to say. And then he had more European success with Rangers than that. You obviously had UEFA Cup run 2007-2008 season. Um, I think you've seen banded about a lot recently in the past couple of days is that night in Florence that um, obviously the game against Fiorentina you, you mentioned it earlier on some great results but I think Fiorentina 
is the one that everyone's mind goes to when you think of that cup run that Rangers had in the UEFA Cup, the penalty shootout, Nacho Novo scoring that penalty and panning across the Walter Smith's face. You could see exactly what it meant to him every time a big result, even smaller results like Rangers beating Ross County, if it panned to Walter Smith's face, you could see what winning meant to him and how much it meant. Like He was just a serial, serial winner. Never never took anything less than, than your best. Um, and I was listening to Barry Ferguson being, being interviewed the other day as well, and he was mentioning about how when he was at Rangers under Watersmith, obviously, um, there was if, if Barry Ferguson ever got in trouble, Watersmith very quickly would deal with it. That this is the precaution. You've done this. You've done something stupid. This is your punishment. Get it done. The second it was done, that was like you were you were back in his good side again. Like you were on his bad side until you proved to him you were right to be good again. He would never hold a grudge. And I think that's the mark of a great great manager. Is you've done something bad. Here's how you fix it, and then it's done. Aye, it was more like a psychological process that he had as well. He knew when to say things at the right time. He knew how to say it. He knew how to man-manage people. Um, and he just knew how to get in people's heads. You talk about an aura. He definitely had that from the way that the players talk about him. Um, and just, you would probably run through a brick wall for him if you could, if you were playing for a guy like that, because... He was so iconic and you just respected him that much and looked up to him as a f- sort of father figure. And he, he just had that about him, didn't he? he? Just We see it in abundance with Scottish managers. It's ridiculous. Um, I was down at, obviously, the Man U Liverpool game the other day and I was learning just a wee bit about it. And the Scottish icons in both teams there is ridiculous. You know, Kenny Dalglish, Dennis Loss, and Matt Busby, Bill Shankly, Sir Alex Ferguson, to name a few, Graeme Soonis. Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay, <laughs> Dan Fletcher. <laughs> um, I, it's just, it's unbelievable how many greats that we've got from that era. Um, certainly dying out nowadays, but, um, you know, in terms of there's hardly any of the modern managers that are making it now. But certainly back in the 80s and 90s and even before that, it was just Scottish managers versus the world, <laughs> really. Um, by you you spoke there about the, the cup run as well and just to bring in a wee story that I heard in the past few days, um, talking about, obviously, the, the 2009 Scottish Cup final. It was, um, well, you know what happened that day when Kenny Miller scored against 11 men, St Mern, um, when Rangers had nine. And it was half time. I can't remember who got sent off. I think he said it was Maggi Baguera get sent off just before half time. So in that time, you know, Walter Smith was obviously thinking about retiring and stuff. So he gave Kenny McDowell and and um Ali McCoyst reign and um sort of the decision making, selection process, whatever you want, took charge of the cup games in in that particular time. And it was a, quite a clever thing to do because he knew he was going to retire and he was sort of passing the buck or passing the mantle to, to Alan McCoyst and that. And um, it was during that game, down to 10 men, and Walter Smith walked in and it was Kenny Miller telling the story the other day. And he's walked in and he said to, to Kenny, and, and um, I can't remember who it was, Kenny Miller and possibly Chris Boyd or something. He's just walked in straight away and says, right, you sit the down, you know, implying 
you know, fucking sit down. Um, <laughs> sit that boarding. <laughs> exactly. So they sat down, bearing in mind it's Alan McCoy's that's meant to be delivering this this team talk. And he just took charge and he mapped out exactly how they were going to win with 10 men. And he went back up to the stands. And in the 60th, 65th minute or something, um, Danny Wilson then gets sent off to put Rangers down to nine men. And in that time, I think all the journalists just said that they seen Walter marching from the stands down to the touchline, told Ali and Kerry to sit down. And there he was on the touchline commanding the game because I think at that sort of moment that St Martin were sort of getting the better of Rangers, hence the sort of extra man. So he took it, he took control of the game, he managed it. And obviously the rest is history. Kenny Miller headed in that goal. Walter headed it in with him. If you watch an actual replay of that goal, you can see Walter, you know, kicking every ball and he headed it in at the end. And that just shows what a genius this guy was. And he mapped it out at half time exactly how the game was going to go. And he'd done that throughout the full European campaign as well, which is just, it's just, testament to how much he had genius he wasn't just a nice guy he was also an absolute tactical genius that's what um that's very similar to what jim mclean says about him um he said if, you, if you're looking for a player to win a race like run as fast as possible walter smith know your man if you're looking for a player that's going to score you a barrel of goals walter smith know your man but of all the players that he's ever worked with, he reads the game better than anybody else. He just had a footballing brain. He understood the game. He understood how it was going to pan out. And I think throughout his career, that is the biggest strength that you can say he was a footballing man. Yep, absolutely. He was a man of the highest order. He, he was a man... He, he, what you expect of a man, he was a... That is the, the best thing that people are saying about him over the past few days. And that's why... He was so respected, it didn't matter who you were, it didn't matter where you were from, it didn't matter what club you supported, he treated everyone with respect and he was always happy to get a photo with the fans, he was also happy to talk to anyone or have a pint with someone, he was just just an absolute gentleman and it's just a, it's just absolutely devastating. Yep. He also, so much class oozing at the man. Um, I think you talk about the earlier on, I was speaking about that old firm divide. It's so polarising. Um, in 2008, when Walter Smith was one of the, the pallbearers for Tommy Burns as well, kind of shows that the class that came out of the guy. Um, it, obviously, two of them were long, long friends, but to be seen as a Rangers man carrying the coffin of one of Celtic's greatest legends, it's not something I think has ever been seen before. I don't think you'll see it again for a very long time. And I think it shows testament again to how how much class the, the, the particular those two guys had. Aye, absolutely. It's, that's a really iconic photo. <coughs> really iconic photo that um, you'll see for, for many, many years to come. Um, and that, you obviously just touched on it there about why that happened. Because he obviously, when he was in Scotland, he was... The first thing he did was appoint Tommy Burns and Ali McCoy as his assistant managers. So that's something that raised the eyebrows of a lot of the Scottish media and a lot of people involved in Scottish football because they were thinking, how are two Rangers guys going to bring in a Celtic guy and make this work? And he took Scotland up 70 places in the world rankings and that really, really famous night in 
obviously France with McFadden. It just the camera sort of pans to him in the stands. And it's just such an iconic moment in the history of Scottish football for the national team that and it was him that that got us bearing in mind after that goal we're in. You still need to defend against Thierry Henry and David Trezeguet. And it's him that's behind the way that we won that game. I certainly knew how he'd set up a defensive masterclass, didn't he? Um, and that wasn't just with Rangers. Obviously, had um, spells at Scotland. He kind of started as international, if you will, with Scotland under-18s um, and as an assistant manager. In fact, no, sorry, as the manager of Scotland under-18s, we won the UEFA European Championships under-18s in 1982, which I think still the only time where Scotland won that tournament, or probably fucking any tournament, to be honest. Um, I think you're forgetting about another one that he won with Scotland. <laughs> The two thousand six Kering Cup. The Kering Cup. Oh, aye. Right. Okay. Yep. I think we that, as an honour. I would say that's better than the Under 18s Championship. Do you think? I. I would say so. Would you not? Wait, I, I'm, no, I think actually I'm going to put that as a poll on the Twitter. What no, do we I'll, say is a I'll greater give achievement? I'll a reason as for why you're playing international teams, A teams. You know, you're playing at the highest level of international football. And you're winning a trophy. So for me, it's got to be. It's absolutely got. I mean, I know a few people made it to Scotland under 16s, and I'll tell you something they, they don't kick balls nowadays. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. well, maybe I could have worded that a bit better, to be fair. But um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is that's only two years off it. And I don't know, maybe you're playing against Wee Jimmy for doing the road and stuff like that. So, no, I would say the Kering Cups our best achievement it's, it's an international trophy mate. it's a major trophy <laughs> oh you're right we beat Bulgaria and Japan so I suppose you do need to put that up there uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get a poll out at TA Pundits what is a better or a, not better because obviously the two of them are great successes but what would you say, hold in higher regard the under 18 European Championships or the 2006 Kirin Cup um, I, I don't think I have any more to say to be honest mate on 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 Walter Smith, uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything that we could. Um, I'll, I'll put it up to you. Any final remarks? No, just I think we've covered that pretty well. Sun, short and sweet. I feel like as a podcast, we had to sort of release something and sort of pay tribute to him um, in some sort of a way. Hopefully we've done it well. And if we've missed out anything when we put up the tweet on Twitter, you can just tell us any stories that you've got of Walter or any sort of thing that you liked about him because, to be honest, I can't get enough of the content that I'm seeing um, over the past few days, the stories that are coming out about him. It just makes you really realise what a special guy this was. And um, I, I, I think going forward, we just need to sort of respect these sort of guys um, to what we're doing just now. I think in Scottish football just now, it's sort of plagued by a lot of disrespect, especially across the divide. But when you look at guys like Walter Smith, it just reminds you what, what life is all about, if you, if that makes sense. You can have mm-hmm. all the money in the world, you can have the all the Instagram likes in the world, and you know the world nowadays may be a bit cruel to certainly the younger generation and stuff. But, I mean, when, when stuff like this happens, you're just reminded of human values and and what life is all about really and that's you know for him to be such a family man you know leaving football 
um, 10 years ago when he was 63 when he really wanted to, to continue but he done it for his wife Ethel just shows what, what kind of a man he was and how much he was loved by his family Just it's just really special to be honest he was probably one of the best granders you could possibly ever have and um, I'm just absolutely gutted for his family to be honest because I knew how much he was just loved by them and loved for the Rangers family if you like very nicely put. Um, remember the date, the 26th of October, 2021, the day Scottish football Walter Smith OBE. But if you enjoyed it, make sure you tell a friend to listen to the podcast as well. You can also find us on Twitter at TA Pundits. That's at TA Pundits on Twitter. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else where you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Music, you also have the privilege of leaving a review. If you're leaving a review, make sure it's five stars. And if it's no five stars, don't fucking bother. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Jim.